0: Man, what's up, guys? We're at Elevate. We meet every... Thank you. Thank you for reminding me at 7 p.m. If I can get the sermon slide, please. What's the name of the series that we've been in so far? Stand Firm, stand firm right? The first week, we, turned, we learned about how to stand firm in what? Freedom. Freedom. Amen. I see you. That's a like good memory. Okay, and then last week, we learned how to stand firm in what? With his armor, right? In, in his armor, in God's armor. This week, we're going to learn how to stand firm with, together, uh, with each other. We're going to stand firm with each other. Because, listen, you could, be the, you could be, you know, as big as Goliath. You can have as much armor as uh, the Kratos from God of War. You can have it upgraded to 99 and everything. But if you're by yourself, you're going to fall. And actually, I have a video. I mentioned this, this movie last week to y'all but y'all for y'all didn't know because y'all pretty young but if you could put on the clip of the movie real quick we can turn off the lights first please and if uh that means if you're under uh 17 please close your eyes no i'm kidding just kidding there's nothing bad's gonna happen i mean i mean there's some bad things but go ahead play the clip my good sir okay there's no sound I'll, i'll narrate for you guys Spartans. Oh, okay, Not there you, you. Everything! Stay! That's the best you can do! you guys to see all that (laughs) right but okay oh tj tj enough man enough of the violence just kidding (laughs) put it back now i'm joking right so here's the thing all those guys are more swole than i am and anyone else in this room but if they were to go in at one at a time right alone attacking or defending at different points of the 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 battle they would fall down they would be defeated they were only strong because they were together and 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 this is how that's how Spartans did it they would line up and uh, they would line up in a bunch of rows and they would put their shields together and they would stand firm so we have to do the same as Christians now, we, that means we have to be soldiers ourselves. We have to be equipped with the full armor of God, but we need to stand with others who are fully equipped in the ar- with the armor of God, right? So actually, if we can go to Philippians 1.27. Philippians 1.27. If you want to go there in your Bible, you're free to do so. You guys can be a little quicker back there. That would be great. Philippians one. Twenty-seven. It says right here, "What happens, whatever happens." Everybody say, "Whatever happens." Philippians one twenty-seven, good sir. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm. And the one spirit striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. So it says right here, whatever happens." Now, think about this, right? There's three things I want you guys to understand that they're they're saying that there's a there is a worthy manner that we should live, and that we are to stand firm, but right after that it says together." And then later on, it continues to say, we are not frightened by opposition. So in a sense, we stand in a worthy manner, we stand firm together, and we stand against and for opposition. Philippians 2, 1 through 8, if we can go there, because, again, it's telling us to live a certain way, right? Worthy of what? Anybody shout it out. What are we living worthy of that is said? The gospel of Christ. But how many of us know that in order to even receive the gospel of Christ, we have to understand that we're not what? We're not what? Worthy. So the Bible is literally telling us to live worthy of a lifestyle that we can never achieve unless we first received it. So first and foremost, we have to receive this lifestyle, this worthiness from Jesus and what does that look like? What is a lifestyle worthy of the gospel? Right after that, it continue, it continues to tell us Paul and Philippians writing in jail again. My boy, Fremont homie Paul, he stayed in jail. Hashtag free Paul. That man was locked up, man. No one locked, let him out. Locked up. But here's the thing, right? It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. By being like-minded. by being by being we all asleep today, elevate. Elevate! Elevate! What? What? Just get up here, man. Get up here. Get up here. Let me get get Jorge right here, okay? Alright, listen. They ain't getting hyped, okay? Y'all need to hype them up. You need to hype your side up. You need to hype your side up, okay? They need to wake up. All right, ready? Go ahead. Go ahead. That's all to you. I'll give you, give you 20 seconds. Hype them up. Hype them up. Elevate. Hype them up, man. Hype them up. Elevate. Why, Elevate. What, what? Elevate. What, what? No, don't lose. No. Elevate. Elevate. <laughs> what, what, Elevate. what, But <laughs> <laughs> you a rapper, bro? Come on, bro. I picked you, I, man, sit down, Josiah. Good job, Jorge. You're a rapper, bro. Come on. I, I goodness. All right, y'all awake? Let me. Just, I just wanted to understand that if y'all was awake, or if you guys thought you were in a library. But all right, so we have to live a lifestyle worthy of the gospel, and that's being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit; rather, in humility, value others above yourself. So that's that's the lifestyle, right? But every time in the Bible, if we, Bible, if we can continue, that's the lifestyle we're out to live. Okay, that's the lifestyle, plain and simple. Now, and it continues not looking to your own interest, but each of uh, each to the interest of others. So again, we got the lifestyle portion. But what the Bible does, it, it gives us reasons why we should live a certain way. It doesn't just tell us like our parents, take out the trash. Mom, you know, I broke my leg. I can't move. Take out the trash. But, Mom, why do I have to do that, man? You know, little Jimmy hasn't done it in three days, Mom. I don't care about little Jimmy. I'm asking you, you know, how many of y'all got parents like that? Where it's not really why. It's just like you better do it, right? The Bible's not really doing that. It's telling us this is how we should live. And then it's saying in your relationships with one another, having the same mindset as Jesus, Everybody say mindset. Mindset. We have the same mindset as Jesus. Right? Think about this. Jesus Christ having the same mindset as him. You think Jesus was all about the money? You think he was all about the cream? Y'all don't know about that. Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang forever? Y'all don't know about that. But there's a song that says cash rules everything around me. Right? Way back. Exactly. Right? I don't think Jesus was screaming that. You think Jesus was talking about... How to get a boo on Snapchat, if they had Snapchat back then. You know, he wasn't writing scrolls to to Mary Magdalene. No, Da Vinci Code did not exist, right? He did not have a mindset that some of us have right now. So we have to have the same mindset as him, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, Jesus made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a king, of a prince, of a famous Instagram person, of an athlete. What? What did he? What did he? The nature of what? I can't hear y'all, man. A servant. servant. Continue on, please. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, he's he's God in nature. But he came in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. So this is Jesus. This is the gospel. Literally, this is the gospel. So we have the lifestyle. We have the gospel. What do you do now? What do you do now? Because we are to live in a lifestyle that is worthy of the gospel. That means what I just said right here, Jesus humbling himself, becoming obedient, even to death on a cross. How do you live a lifestyle worthy of that? How do you live in a lifestyle worthy of Jesus becoming a man, being tortured, crucified, beaten, uh, even mocked, ridiculed, having his clothes being sold right in front of him? How do you live a lifestyle worthy of that? It's very simple. You be humble. Literally the Bible made it that simple. You see all that Jesus did, it was humility. The gospel is humility. How are you able to have Christian friends and able to grow in Christ? You live a lifestyle worthy of the gospel and you that basically means you are humble. You are humble. You don't do things for yourself anymore. You don't have selfish ambition. It's not about what you can do and how much you can do before you die anymore. It's not about how much money you can make before you're dead or how many friends you can get for your Instagram followers. It's not about your music. It's not about your business. It's not about anything but Christ crucified. That's how you live a life worthy of the gospel. It's about God and people. If you try to add anything else about yourself in there, then you are not living a life worthy of the gospel. Plain and simple. So you must be humble. And you must not look after. You must look after the interest of others. Because to be humble, first and foremost, is not to be like, man, I suck. I'm so bad. I'm a rotten person, man. You know, my life sucks, man. You know, I got, uh, I'm I'm not good as you, man. You're just, you're so handsome, Lawrence. And you play the drum so good. Why? You know, that's not humility. That's actually self-abasement. That's pride. That's pride. So that's not humility. Let's get that out the way. Being humble is not you thinking you're just garbage. But being humble is valuing other people above yourself. Valuing people over yourself. Valuing their needs. You got a dollar. That man needs a dollar. Let me give you a dollar. Hey, you're saved. That person isn't saved. Let me risk persecution and preach to them. Let me serve you. It's all about the other person now. Showing them the love of God. Showing them how obedient Christ was on the cross through your life. That is what you do when you're humble. You're looking after the interest of others. So you must be humble. You must look after the interest of others above your own. And, it's, and I want to ask you this, right, just to get you thinking before we move on. Are you living a life in a manner, right, in a lifestyle worthy of the gospel? Are you living worthy of the good news of Jesus? Are you? Because that's what the Bible is telling us to do. Period. That's it. No other type of excuses. Nothing you can get around it. Are you living a life worthy of the gospel? So as we continue, we can go back to Philippians 1.27. It says right here. Paul, he's urging us to do this, and he says, then whether I come and see you or only hear you, uh, hear about you in my absence, because he's in prison now, you know, he doesn't know what's going to happen. He says, I will know, I will know, everybody say, no, that you stand firm. So he's not saying, man, I just hope y'all are getting it. I hope y'all ain't backslide, man. Man, I, I hope, man, I hope Johnny ain't smoking weed again when I come back. Hey, I... Man, I hope that person ain't living in, a, uh, living in a homosexual lifestyle anymore. Man, I hope that person is still serving Christ. No, he's saying, I will know that you stand firm. But what are we standing firm in, It's saying right here. It says the one spirit, right? And that, it's not just t- talking about the Holy Spirit here either. It's actually talking about your, your whole emotions, your whole personhood, what you are as a person. We are standing firm in that one attitude. And what are we doing? Some translations say side by side, right, Going, uh, striving to advance the gospel. But it says right here, striving together as one, right, one, again, the unity for the faith of the gospel. So in the the video we played, we didn't have Leonidas, the leader and his co-captain, I forgot his name, all of a sudden saying, hey, man, uh, I'm going to fight, you defend, right? No, they were defending at the same time. You saw in unison, they pushed back the enemy. In unison, they attacked the enemy. It was all together as one. They didn't do it. They didn't take turns. They didn't try to, you know, like overwork each other. They didn't try to outshine each other. i would be playing basketball sometimes. I'm not going to lie. There's a little urge for me to do better than the person I'm playing with, especially TJ. TJ makes a good shot. I'm like, hey, hey pass the rock, bro. Pass the rock, bro. Watch, I'm going to show you how it's done. But that's not how it is. They were in a battle fighting for their lives. They knew they had to be one. Now, as Christians, we have to understand that we are, we have to be one. I can't, I can't be right with TJ. And TJ, he's uh, you know, he's thinking about man how many girls he can get when he's evangelizing, and I'm thinking about the loss. You know, he's trying to, he's trying to preach to girls to get them saved and then hook them up and get married. I can't, I can't preach like that, dude. I know I, That's actually very, like, there's a lot of people that have done that that we've preached to. That's why he's laughing. But here's the thing. Then you can't be with friends with someone. One person's trying to do them, get as much money as they want. You're trying to live for Christ. Because then that relationship doesn't work. And then when you get hurt or when, when you need encouragement with your friend, thinking you go to the same church as them, and they just tell you some weird backslidden advice like, man, we'll just smoke this weed. Hey, man, just get drunk. Man, just get over it. You know, don't tell nobody, right? They tell you some whack advice. You're like, wait, hold up. Wait, we're not one right now. We don't got the same mindset. We don't got the mindset of Jesus Christ. We're not the same. We're not fighting the same battle here. So, right, it says right here that we must work together. We must not be looking to build ourselves up, but we got to be one. And what's our purpose now? What's our goal? We're striving together for the faith of the gospel. That means the gospel is our goal. That's what we're pushing forward. In the armor of God together, we're advancing the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean just get more people to elevate. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you are literally preaching the gospel, living like Christ everywhere you go with brothers and sisters who are doing the same and want Jesus to be glorified. And I can already tell a lot of you guys, when you come to Elevate, we are on a same mindset. We are not on the same mindset. Y'all thinking about how much food you can have when you're up here in worship. Y'all like, man, I can't wait till I get to the crib. Mm. Mama just made ribs. Man, they just melt off the bone. And then the marrow, oh, man, what? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden you hear, and we trust in you. You know, Stephanie starts singing like, oh, snap, hold up. All right. You're like lost in the trance thinking about food or thinking about your bae or thinking about what you're going to do after church. And, and, And all of a sudden, you understand, you're not on the same mindset. So here's the thing. The mindset that we're talking about we have to be one. Go to John 17, verse 1. We have to be one. Matter of fact, this ain't even me talking. This is Jesus. After Jesus said this, and this is when he was praying before he was going to be crucified, and and actually gets John 17, verse 2 as well. It says, after Jesus said this, he was praying. He looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Then it it continues to say this. Let me just go to that verse. You guys can get there. Take your take your time it says this my prayer is not for them to be alone Mm. actually no go to verse 20 to 23 it says right here in verse in chapter 17 verse 20 in the book of john my prayer is not for them to be alone right so we're not to be alone a lot of people including your uncles and your aunts I got uncles and aunts they're like man I can have church at home That's actually a lie. Jesus never said that. You need to repent. You need to get with the body, right? It says, "My prayer is not for them to be alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them, that all of them may be one, right? Everybody say one. Everybody say one. Everybody say uno, right? Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so the world may believe." that you have sent me. So real quick, how are we to be one? What's the example? Like who? Jesus and who? The father. the father. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to know you like that. Eric's like, I don't want to know Joby like that, bro. I see him enough when he comes over. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to know him like that. Lawrence is like, hey, listen, I love TJ. I love TJ. You know, he, we hang out all the time, but I don't want to be as close as the Father and Jesus. That's kind of weird. But no, it's actually calling us to be as close to each other as the Father and Jesus are. Then what is the purpose of this? So that they so that what? What what is the purpose? So that the world may believe that what? That you have sent me so that the world may believe the gospel. We being one tells the world that the gospel is true. Us being one. Now, I'm not saying we have to like exactly the same thing. Some of y'all like rugby. Some of y'all like baseball. Some of y'all like movies. Some of y'all like books. Barely. I don't know anybody who reads anymore. But some of y'all like to hang out with lots of people and big crowds. Some of y'all like little crowds, Right. I'm not saying one in terms of personality, but I'm saying one in mindset like Jesus to glorify the Father, to spread the good news. Listen, we don't have to have a lot in common. We just need one thing. That's the gospel. So what we get out of this is we must stay together as one. That means loving each other, going the extra mile for each other. If if Jorge, right, if I need some shoes and Jorge got the shoes, listen, I'm broke, man, you need to help me out, bro. I need to preach. Bam, give me those shoes. Man, I haven't had food in a while. Bam, Jorge's going to feed me because I think he can. you can't cook, right? Can you cook? No, never mind. Who can cook here? Amen. So y'all would, y'all would feed one another. Like that's plain and simple. We love each other, care for each other. We work to advance the gospel for each other. So here's the thing. Look around you today. Look around you. Look to your left. Look to your right, look above, look below, look to the side. Are we one? Do we have the same mindset? Think about that. Next, the person next to you, can you honestly say, I have the same mindset? I look at Lawrence, I look at Oscar, I look at some of the leaders, some of you youth, I can say, we have the same mindset. Then, right, if we go to verse 28 of Philippians 1, 1, if I can have Stephanie come up, please. It says in Philippians 1 verse 28, if you're there, say, aki. That means there, right? Yeah. Amen. Right? It says this, okay, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. So we're to advance the gospel in the spirit. So it says right here, I will know that you stand firm. So everybody say, stand firm. We're still in the series of Stand Firm, but how we stand firm is we're one together, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened. Everybody say scurry. You're not frightened of those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed. Who is they? Those who oppose you. When you're not scared of the LGBT club, calling you bigots, calling you homophobics, just because you said Jesus loves you, and you told them that you need to repent, that's how you show them that the gospel is real. That's how you show them that destruction is coming. So it is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God, right, and that by God, God is going to do it. So you're not saving yourself, right? It's all God, and you're not destroying them or judging them. It's all God. So here's the thing, right? If, if you're alone in high school, you don't talk to any Christians, you don't even care, right? I'm telling you, you are going to be frightened. You are going to be scared. You are going to be a coward, and the Bible says that cowards do not inherit the kingdom of God cowards do not inherit the kingdom of God if you are ashamed of Jesus Christ in front of people he will be ashamed of you in front of the father but you have to get together you have to rely on one another some of y'all been here for four years and haven't talked to anyone else in this youth group but some leaders Some of y'all don't even care about the person next to you. You don't know the struggles that they have. You don't know the problems they're going through. You just come here, receive the word. Don't even pay attention and leave. Don't even think about the person next to you. See, the, the, the reason why in that transition we sang that together, let us fall more in love with you. It's not let me fall more in love with you. It's let us fall more in love with you. You see, God is not interested in just you as an individual. He loves you. He knows the numbers of hairs on your head, but God wants a huge family. Why do you think Jesus Christ hasn't come back yet? It's because he wants a huge family reunion. He wants the lamb, right, the supper of the lamb to be huge. He's patient. So as Jesus is patient, We have to be unified. We have to be one, standing firm against opposition, standing firm, striving to advance the gospel. If we don't do that, we will fall, we will backslide, and we will be destroyed when Jesus comes back. If everybody can stand up, please. So this is three ways you can stand for the person next to you. You pray and intercede for one another. That means, right, just like last week, Paul in prison, he's saying, listen, I'm praying for you guys and pray for each other. Pray all types of prayers. Prayers that they'd be, uh, they, that God would provide for them financially. God will protect them. And then he even prays this, that God would give them boldness. Encourage one another. Tell them, right, what is good about them that God has given them. And then Be accountable. Make sure they're not falling away. And then provide for one another. Don't just speak about love. Show what love is. So in closing, right, do you guys stand with each other? Do you guys stand with each other? Because this right here, I just basically told you what the church is. This is the church. If you thought church was just a building, if you thought church was just Friday, bang, bada boom, you've been honestly hoodwinked. You've been tricked. You've been swindled. You've been deceived. Church is not about coming to Friday and just hearing a bunch of verses, going home, living your sinful life. Literally, it says in the Bible, the disciples, they were with each other every single day. Some of y'all came to stand the person next to you for a few minutes. Some of y'all don't even know the first thing about the person next to you. You see, we have to be unified, loving each other, loving God. This is the last verse, and then we'll we'll close out and we'll have if I can have my altar workers up. If you can go to Matthew chapter 17, verse 16 through 19. You see, I want you guys to understand just how awesome the church is. Actually, go to Matthew 16, my bad. Matthew 16. In Matthew 16. Verse 17, Jesus is talking to Peter, and Peter calls him the son of God. People had left Jesus. People already abandoning God. They weren't trying to be one with God. And, and they were like, hey, man, listen, we're going to go over here. But the 12 disciples stayed back, and he says, where would you go? right? What, 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 like, where would you go, right? And then Peter says, you know, wh- where can we go, right? Then shortly after... Jesus asked Peter who do you say I am because people are saying he's a reincarnated person he's a prophet he's x y and z and Simon Peter says Peter he says you are the Messiah the son of the living God Jesus goes on right to say blessed are you Simon son of Jonah for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood it wasn't his own interest it wasn't his own mindset But by my Father in heaven, God gave him that revelation. And he says, I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. A lot of Catholics believe Peter's the rock. But it was his confession. Who Jesus is. That's the rock we stand. And he says he's going to build his church on this confession. That Jesus is Lord. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. And it says not even the gates of Hades will overcome it. The gates of Hades is death. You see how long do you think the church has survived? A lot of y'all, man, y'all think the church ain't really about it, like you, you don't care about it. The church ain't nothing. It's really garbage, it's it, it's it's literally minuscule, it's like last in your mind, church, God, it'd be like money, family, school, church, maybe God, maybe church, but I'm gonna tell you right now, all of you will die before the church even loses a member, loses a disciple. The church continues to grow. The church that Jesus Christ started right there at that moment 2,000 years ago, guess what? It's still here today. Not even death could stop it. They would put us in coliseums. We would be one together, standing firm in the faith. They would burn us on crosses. We stood together, one in faith. You know what they would do? They would close our businesses. They would lock us up. They would do anything they could to stop the gospel, but it kept going. And I'm telling you right now, you guys can get on the train with Jesus or you can be left at the bus stop waiting for hell. You can do that. It's your decision. And some of y'all, y'all hopped off the train a long time ago. You don't take this serious. It's all right. Listen, I ain't going to lose no sleep. I might cry. I might feel bad. But guess what? The train keeps on going. Death cannot stop it. You cannot stop it. The atheist cannot stop it. Evolution, that theory, can't stop it. No religion on earth can stop the church. So here's the thing, right? You guys can either join, right? Repent. Join Jesus, right? Join him. Because listen, he's Lord. That was the confession. It wasn't Oh, Jesus, you're my friend, right? Peter didn't say that. He didn't say, oh, Jesus, you're, you're, you're like my daddy, right? He didn't say that. He said, you're my Messiah. You're my Savior. You're going to come. You're going to destroy all the wicked people in this earth, and you're going to make everything right. That's what he was saying in there. Some of y'all don't know what they thought the Messiah was. If you do, you would change your whole idea of what it means to be a Christian. You see, they thought Jesus was going to come and destroy everything and establish his kingdom on earth. He did it through his blood. But here's the thing, right? He understood that he was with it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to stand as one with all of us who, who believe in Jesus and confess him as Messiah? Or are you going to keep living your life? Because I'm telling you right now, if you're not for him, you're against him. And I definitely don't want to be against God. Amen? So you guys, if you guys can bow your heads and close your eyes. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are the Messiah, Lord. You are our Savior, God. You saved us, Jesus. You saved us, Jesus. God, there wouldn't be... Oh, God, there would be no church. There would be no... There would be nothing good in this earth if it wasn't for you, God. We know that. But it wasn't for this confession right here that you gave Peter, that you are the Lord. You are the Messiah. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, that we can be one, that we can can come to you, Lord, and we can come to each other, and we can understand one another, and we can pray for one another. God, thank you for that privilege, Lord. God, I pray that everyone in here, that we would put on the full armor of God. And just like that video we watched, Lord, we would stand against the enemy. We would stand against sin. We would stand against the lies that society has put forth in order to stop the gospel. And we would keep going. And we would keep going, God. God, I pray that we would run and not grow weary, Lord. And that, God, if we were to fall, Lord, that our brothers and sisters would pick us up, Lord. That they would correct us. They would rebuke us. They would help us get back to the faith that saved us. Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, that you lived a worthy life, a praiseworthy life. And I ask you, Lord, that in all that we do, as we, we, what we do together, that it would be done in a lifestyle worthy of the gospel. In Jesus' name. Guys, you guys can come up. Listen, if you're not, if you don't think you're a part of the church, right, you don't think you're even a part of it, you don't even know Jesus, I want you to come up. If you think that, you know, you are part of the church, but you don't live like it, you don't have the same mindset as Jesus, you need to come up. And if you're going through anything, we want to pray for you.